define who you are. You are a mighty warrior. To be a mighty warrior does not mean you are free from wounds. As a matter of fact, most people would rather follow those leaders who look like they have been in battle. So let me ask you this. If we admire a man with battle wounds, why do we allow ourselves to become so defeated every time we get hit by the enemy? Why do we feel less than a mighty warrior when we get a scar? Most of us feel more like Urkel or Pee Wee Herman than Mel Gibson or Gerard Butler, right? We do. It's because we keep looking at our scars and licking our wounds instead of standing up. Leave the arrow stuck in your chest. That's all right. Let's keep going. And I was searching the Bible for a, a story that I could share with you, something new, but I just kept being directed back to the same one you probably read a hundred times. Um, I'm asking you to look at it again like you've never read it before. But when God called Gideon. When God called Gideon, he wasn't the Gerard Butler or the Mel Gibson already face-painted and ready to fight. As a matter of fact, as you turn over to Judges chapter 6, let me just summarize what was happening right then. You see, Israel again fell into sin. So for seven years, God turned them over to these Midianites said, fine, you want to sin? Go ahead. Here's the consequences of sin. And let me just, for a little side note, there will always be consequences to sin. What's the old saying? Sin will always take you farther than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and make you pay more than you were willing to pay. There is consequences for sin. And for seven years, they were turned over to these Midianites where the Israelites, actually everything that they tried to accumulate, even a little wheat or whatever, it says that the Midianites came in like swarms of locusts and just devoured everything. Every time they saw something rising up in Israel, we'll take that. Oh, we'll take that. Kind of like Uncle Sam. No. Now, anyway, but no, we'll take that. We'll take that. So here's Gideon hiding to try to scrounge up some food. And he didn't want the Midianites to see him. So now, yeah, mighty warrior. Mm. But, so we look at verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, not Oprah's, it wasn't Oprah's house, Ophrah, that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And listen to this. And Gideon said, Pardon me. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us? about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have 
and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me again, Gideon said in his Urkel voice. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. What can I do? When the angel said, the Lord is with you, the translation literally means his power is already on you. His power is already on you. Gideon could not see it or believe it because he was focusing on his circumstances. He was staring at his scars and licking his wounds. And yet he had God's power on him the whole time. He was, he was created as a mighty warrior with the power of God on him. And yet all he could focus on is his circumstances and the oh woe is me, oh woe is me, oh woe is me. The angel didn't say the power will come on you Gideon when you start to fight. It's already on you. It's always been on you. The New King James Version actually calls it a a mighty man of valor. Here is a man who is so afraid of the enemy that he's hiding behind a wine press threshing wheat. He is full of fear, but the Lord saw Gideon in a way that Gideon couldn't see. This phrase used here, a mighty man of valor, refers to a man who is charging right into the face of the enemy. Now there's a Mel Gibson. Face painted. Gerard Butler. Mighty man of valor. Yet he was hiding in a wine press. Threshing wheat. I'm the weakest of my clan. God didn't see that. God didn't see that. Mighty man. He saw the face painted, sword in the air, screaming at the top, running into the face of the enemy. Mighty man of valor. Mighty warrior. This is what the Lord saw when he looked at Gideon. Why are we so quick to look at our wounds as if they have defeated us? Why do we get so caught up in our current circumstances that we can't hear God calling us mighty warrior? The power of God is already on you. If you are like me, you often look at your life and see mistakes. You see failures. You see problems. It's human nature to look at the one little thing and make it big. Boy, I messed up. I remember I was into Walmart a couple years ago. In Charlotte, it was like the meeting ground. Walmart was always, you always see everybody into Walmart. And I was into Walmart, and I don't even remember what I was looking at. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this guy about my age kept getting closer and closer. And I was all by myself, and I thought, no, he's not. He's just looking at something. So I kind of scooted down a little bit, and I'm looking at whatever I'm looking at. And next thing I know, he's looking right at me, standing beside me. So finally, I'm just like, yes? He's like, I know you. I said, oh, really? He goes, yeah. 
I used to go to school with you. I said, well, hey, right there, let me tell you something. I'm not that same person. I'm sorry that you knew that person. That person doesn't live anymore. I gave my life to Jesus a long time ago. And he just stood there like he didn't hear a word I said. And he goes, I know you. I said, again, you knew me. That me doesn't live anymore. I'm not going to be defeated by what I used to do or the past that's already dead and buried. When you make a mistake, which you will if you haven't, I know everybody in here is perfect except for me. When I make a mistake, I ask for forgiveness, but I don't wallow around in it. Because do you want your child to do that? When they make a mistake, do you get joy out of watching them wallow in what a terrible person they are? No. I always tell my kids, you can make a thousand mistakes. Admit it, ask for forgiveness, and let's go on. Let's go on. We got, got better things to do. I ain't got no time for that. Time for this. Life is too short to wallow in misery. But what does God see? See, it's easy for us to to think what we are. It's easy for us to put labels on ourselves. What does God see? When Jesse looked at David, he saw his youngest son. He saw a mere boy who needed to stay in the field. He wasn't even worthy to be called in to the family meeting with the priest. It's just a boy. It's just a boy. It's just a baby. When God looked at David, he saw a king. When Gideon's family looked at him, they saw a weakling, but God saw a warrior. When God called Moses, what did Moses say? I can't do that. I I, I stutter. I I, I stutter. That's okay. Didn't shock God. He didn't go, I didn't know that. Remember when God called me, and I mean, same thing, I've heard Joyce Meyer say the same thing. I had the best well-intentioned Christians tell me, Brenda, you can't do that. God wouldn't call you. And they always quote that, you know, women are supposed to be quiet in church. I said, what age are we in? Do you realize, I'm not that old, but when I was pregnant for my daughter, who's my oldest child, I was kicked out of two high schools. Because I was a disgrace. And I know it shocked me. I'm like, what age are we in? You know? Should I go get on the horse? Are you serious? You know, I know it was a mistake. And I was living in the world. And that's, uh, yeah, I wasn't a Christian then. And, but come on. So when God called me to be, I knew, a preacher. I had well-intentioned Christians saying, no. No. He's probably calling your husband. I said, well, that'd be nice. That'd be easier on me. And I had a hundred labels and a hundred excuses why, God, you can't use me. I could come up with a lot right now. But what does God see? 
When God looks at you, what does God see? What have you believed about yourself? I've heard them before. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too sick. I'm too healthy. I have things to do. I'm too busy. I don't have anything to do. I'm too smart. Okay, that may have been. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough schooling. I made too many mistakes. I tried that before. I've done my time. I hear that one a lot. I stepped out and I was hurt. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, like Jesus wasn't hurt when he stepped out. But anyway, who would listen to me? I've heard that one. Who would want to follow me? That's what you've believed about yourself. But what does God believe about you? What does God say about you? When you hear those voices in your head, and yes, go ahead and admit it, we'll all have cleansing, healing power right now come over us. When we admit, we all hear voices. When you hear those voices in your your head saying, don't say that, don't go tell that person about Jesus, don't go do this, don't go do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, ask yourself, who's saying that about me? God, are you saying that about, are you telling me I can't do this? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I tell my boys all the time, we're already speaking it over Owen's life when he was first starting to form in Rachel's belly. We were speaking good things over his life. You are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty warrior. You will be strong. You will lead many. You will be a great leader of great leaders. Because that's what God says over us. Anything else is a lie from the pits of hell. And call that devil a liar and send him back to hell. So what is God? So when you hear those voices, ask yourself, who's saying this? Who's saying this? You don't have to be perfect. Just keep fighting. Don't quit. Go ahead. Keep running with the arrow sticking out of your chest. Keep running. Winston Churchill said success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. See, I've heard people say, I've done that. I've done my time. I actually let a great blah, 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 whatever it is. Well, whoever gave you permission to retire... Because if you were that great, why aren't you still going? Failure is not fatal either. Just because you messed up or something happened, so what? Don't sit there and let those wounds define your future. Show people. Yeah, I got her right there. Mm Mm-hmm. I got the... See that, that nice scar right there? I'll never forget where I got that scar. That was Christmas Eve at my mom and dad's house and I had a toothache I had a very bad toothache and we were believing for a healing because it was Christmas Eve and we did not want to pay the emergency room visit when you don't have insurance wasn't going to pay that so I went to the upper room at my parents house and I 
laid down on the floor, and I just started believing, Jesus, heal me. I know you can heal me. Heal this toothache. Because there's nothing you can do for a toothache. And, oh, Lord, heal me. Well, I didn't realize that while I was praying, I kind of got myself underneath this one trundle bed. My arm was up. So when I went to stand up, it caught the metal, and it ripped my arm open. Well, my tooth hurt so bad, I didn't even feel that. So I came downstairs, and I'm, like, holding the side of my face, and my dad's like, Brenda, are you okay? And I'm like, no, it still hurts, and I guess we're going to have to go. He goes, no, your arm. I'm like, ah, who cares about that? Shake that blood off. It's my face. So I'm like, yeah, that big scar probably needed at least eight or nine stitches. None. I just took it. (laughs) It's crying over my tooth, but I took this one. I won't let my scars or my wounds define my future. An unknown man once said, actually, I'm going to say woman, because if it's unknown, why did they say man? Okay, Father's Day. It was an unknown father said, remember the guy who gave up? Yeah, nobody else does either. (laughs) Nobody remembers the guy that gave up. Nobody remembers the guy who never got up. But the Mel Gibsons, the Gerard Butlers, come on, you guys have seen the movies. Did they sit triumphantly in the king's seat at the end of the movie? No, they died. (laughs) How sad is that? (laughs) They both died. But they went down a warrior, fighting, So their legacy, their memory will not be forgotten. As a matter of fact, with the 300, it spurred them on even more. We will keep going for the honor of our leader. Who's your leader? Whose honor are you fighting for? Stop staring at your scars. Stop licking your wounds. Don't let the past wounds defeat you. Learn from them, though. Don't be stupid. I mean, when I didn't get back underneath that bed in that same spot and start praying again, I'm like, I know what's over there. Pray over here. Learn from them. And keep going. Lead from your strengths and not your weaknesses. I tell leaders that all the time. Because I, when I'm hiring people or they're, you know, trying to put staff where need to go, they come in. The first thing they want to talk about is what they can't do. I hate that. I'm like, I don't want to talk about what you can't do. I want to hear what you can do. What's your strengths? Lead from your strengths. And I tell the leaders, staff your weaknesses. Because what's weak for you is somebody else's strength. So when we're putting a team together... I don't care. You can have 50 weaknesses, but I want to know your strength. Because I'll find somebody else who's in your weakness, that's strong in your weakness. And I'll staff them. Lead from your strengths, not your weaknesses. I love that song that the worship team sung about, you make me brave. You make me brave. I love that. God described to us how we should look at our weaknesses when he told Paul 
Paul said that he had all these great visions. He's seen so much things that he could boast about this. He could boast about that. And as a matter of fact, you're turning over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The first four verses are all about him saying, I'm not going to boast. But hey, let me boast for a second. Because I've seen some things. I've got this vision and that vision so great that people just, well, they just don't know. But then God says, okay. Well, because you've had so much, because you are so strong in these areas, let me tell you what we need to do. This is how we should look, handle our weaknesses. Down in verse 5, Paul goes on to say, that experience, the one in four verses that he says he's not going to boast about, is worth boasting about. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to do that, because I already did that four verses ago. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud... I was given a thorn in my flesh. He was given a weakness. You know what, Paul? You've got way too many strengths. I could puff you up. I'm going to give you a weakness. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged with the Lord, take it away. I'm so sorry, God. Take it away. Each time, God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God says, my power, some versions say, my power is made perfect in your weakness. What? How does God get glory? How how does God get glory in our weakness? How can that happen? Gideon did exactly what Moses did when the Lord called him. Both these came up with excuses over their weaknesses. I can't do what you're calling me to do, Lord. And they were both right. They were unqualified, weak, less than, come on, We can admit it if we were to look at them. But God. But God. God equips. God empowers. God works through. That's how he gets the glory. See, if you can do it, what's God needed for? I love it when I hear leaders say, Oh, I I don't think I can do that. Good! you're going to pray hard and ask God to do it through you. When I see a leader coming up to me, Brent, 
Pastor Brenda, you need to put me in such and such position because I can do this. I'm like, no, you're not. Not here. Because if you can do it, where's God going to get the glory in that? Mm -mm. What is it you think you can't do? Oh, okay. I think there's an opening in that ministry. Let's get you over there. What? I can't do the nursery? Good. God will through you. Because God will get the glory then. That's how God gets the glory in weakness. That's how his power is made perfect in weakness. Because if you can do it on your own, where's God needed? The real problem with both Gideon and Moses, and with us as well, is that we tend to focus on what we are and not on who he is. We need to get our eyes off ourselves. That's the have no other idol before me. You can hate yourself and make yourself your own idol. Because that's all you think about. You've made yourself your own idol. And you say, well, I hate my, I don't even like looking at myself in the mirror. But that's all you talk about is yourself. Without the Lord, we are weak, we are frail, and we are incapable. So when the enemy comes and starts speaking those things to your mind, say, yep, I know, but God. There's no other bigger but than God. No, that don't sound right. (laughs) But God. But with God, he sees mighty warriors. Start speaking those things about yourself. I am a mighty warrior. I am more than a conqueror. In our family, some of the boys have Victor in their middle name. And I don't know why. I just stuck to the old tradition that you only get one middle name. Well, Isaiah said, no, you can have two or three middle names. Otherwise, I would have put Victor in all their middle names because they're more than conquerors. Owen Rampage, Victor Maurer. How can you not move mountains with a name like that? Victor, speak to yourself. I am more than a conqueror. I am loved. I am equipped. I have the power of God on my life right now. Deuteronomy 24 says, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Isaiah 42.13 says the Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over all your enemies. Will. Will triumph. When Gideon questioned why God hasn't been fighting for them, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? What strength did Gideon have? He had God's strength. His power was already on him. The Lord is with you. So here Gideon was waiting for God, and God's like, come on, Gideon, I'm waiting for you. Finally, a descendant, hey, angel, go talk to him. 
talk to him. Tell him who he is. Stop hiding. Mighty warrior, man of valor. Sound the battle cry and run face first right into the enemy. For God's power is already on you. Theodore Roosevelt said, Do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. When God called Moses, what was the first thing he asked him when Moses said, I can't do it. What's in your hand? What do you have? Well, Brenda, I don't have much. No, you have the whole resources of heaven. You have the power of God on you now. What do you have? Do what you can with what you have where you're at. Look around. When you're sitting on your couch, instead of just staring at the TV box, before you turn it on, because I'm not saying don't ever turn it on because I enjoy a little TV. Anyway, look around. What do you have? Do what you can with what you have where you're at. Sit there for a couple minutes and look around. God, what do I have in my hand? What do I have in my possession that I can give you glory with? What do I have? What can I do with what I have where I am right now to bring honor to my leader, to fight for my king? We are created to be mighty warriors, called by God to go in the strength we have. Whose strength? His strength. The Lord is with you. His power is on you. O mighty man of valor, charge right into the face of the enemy. In Jeremiah 20, 11, it says, But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. God is your mighty warrior, equipping you as a mighty warrior. Mighty man of valor. So my challenge for you today, get off your butt. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. Life is too short. You ain't got time for this. Stop waiting. Start doing what God has called you to do with what you have, where you are right now. Yes, you are not perfect. Yes, you have scars. Yes, you have weaknesses. But God, but God's power is made perfect in your weaknesses. Don't make excuses for your weaknesses. Give God glory through in spite of your weaknesses. And watch God get bigger in your life and your weaknesses get smaller in your life when you stop focusing on them and focus on God. So as the worship team makes their way back up, I want to close by just reading this small article to you from Oswald Chambers. Has the Lord ever asked you, will you lay down your life for my sake? It is much easier to die than to lay down your life day in and day out with a sense of the high calling of God. We are not made for the bright, shining moments of life. 
but we have to walk in the light of them in our everyday ways. If I am a friend of Jesus, I must deliberately and carefully lay down my life for Him every day. It is a difficult thing to do, and thank God that it is. Salvation is easy for us, but it costs God so much. But the exhibiting of salvation in my life is difficult. God saves a person, fills him with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then says in effect, now you work it out in your life. And be faithful to me, even though the nature of everything around you is to cause you to be unfaithful. And Jesus says to us, I have called you friend. Remain faithful to your friend and remember that his honor is at stake in your everyday life. Whose honor are you fighting for? Whose honor is being glorified in your life right now in what you're doing? When you're sitting at home licking your wounds feeling defeated because of whatever. Who's getting the glory in that? Who's being honored in that? But when you stand up, beaten up, arrows sticking out of you, wounded at every turn, the enemy fighting hard to beat you down, and scream, I will fight for my king. I will keep going. I will keep going. Who gets honor in that? Though I am weak, he is strong. Would you just bow your head with me? Let me ask you. Do you have scars that you're ashamed of? Wounds that make you feel defeated? Are you having trouble seeing yourself as God sees you? the greatest battle to be won must first begin on your knees you won't have the stamina to keep going in the fight if you can't see yourself for who God sees you if you keep looking at your scars and licking your wounds God I just pray for those right now that have been feeling defeated through mistakes, through weaknesses. Maybe it was no fault of their own, but the enemy just shot an arrow and it actually hit. God, I pray for those right now that you would just continue to strengthen them, that you would silence the enemy that's screaming in their ears and allow them to hear your whisper. Mighty warrior, man of valor, Rise up, stand with me, fight for me, and I will go with you. I'll fight with you. Heal those open wounds and make them scars that they're proud of. Because, yeah, they were weak. Yeah, it might have happened, but you get all the glory, God.
with everybody's head still bowed, eyes closed, if you're sitting here today and you're saying, Pastor Brenda, you know what? I don't even think I've ever picked a side. I've just kind of been sitting here or coming here and I don't even know why I'm here today. But if there's a side to be picked, I want to pick the winning side today. And I'll stand for the king. I'll stand for the one who died for me. I'll fight for his honor, for his glory. If that's you, just slip up your hand right where you're sitting, just so I can see it. I see your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. God's already fought the fight. God's already got the victory. He's just calling you to come and stand with him right now. To stand with him. You become the victor. You become the super victor. The overcomer by his blood. By the sacrifice he made. So all you have to do to get on that winning side is say, I accept that sacrifice. God, I lay down my rights to myself and I pick up myself and just lay myself at your feet. Have your way, oh God. I know you created me with a purpose and a plan and right now I just surrender to you. Forgive me for my past, for trying to do life on my own and I just surrender to you. I'll serve you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength and live every day for your glory, for your honor. My Lord, my King, the leader of my life, welcome to the winning side. So as we close today and the worship team plays, if you need prayer for anything, if you just want to come up to the front, if you want to stand and just declare, I'm here, God. I'm standing with you. I'm fighting for you. I'm not going to be intimidated any longer. I'm not going to be defeated any longer. Why don't you stand up and come to the front and just worship God for a minute and let him put back into you strength, encourage you, and speak to you. So stand up right where you're at. Stand up. Stand up. God, I pray for a super boldness, a super Holy Spirit boldness to come on every Christian in this place right now. Lord, that they would no longer be intimidated. They would no longer be defined by their past, but they would stand with boldness as mighty warriors for your glory, for your honor, and lead the way that leaders, leaders would follow these people, that mighty men would follow these people, that princes and kings and governors and mayors and, and business leaders would follow these men and women because they're going in God's power, in God's strength, for God's glory, for God's honor. Why don't you come up here and just worship with us for a few minutes before we close today?